He stated that he had been appointed to suggest a president for Howard College. So there was a lot of industry investment when I grew up, a lot of progressiveness. However, it was still a typical small southern town. To be perfectly honest with you, um, I didn't know what Alabama was until I stepped foot in Alabama. I was not greeted by hecklers. I was greeted by Martha and Fox. Welcome back to Sam.Wave. We're your hosts, Michelle Little and Claire Davis. And we're introducing the last installment in our Faith in History mini-series. So far, we've showcased interviews that lean more heavily into the faith aspect of this project. This installment explores the work of a historian. In today's episode, Bailey Sharp interviews Dr. Jim Baggett, an archivist at the Birmingham Public Library, in her investigation into the goals of archiving and how he acknowledges religious bias in his work. My name is Bailey Sharp, and on October 11th, 2018, I met with Jim Baggett in his office at the Birmingham Archives in downtown Birmingham, Alabama. Mr. Baggett is one of the archivists at the Birmingham Archives that is located within the Birmingham Public Library. Going into my conversation with Mr. Baggett, I was curious how a professional historian who does not specialize in any kind of faith or religious studies views the relationship of faith and history. Since I was in the Birmingham Archives, to begin our conversation, I asked Mr. Baggett about the different documents that are found within the archives. Of the archives here, um, how many of them do you think have some link to religion, the church, or faith? Quite a bit, actually. Um, there are obvious examples, for instance, with the archives for the Episcopal Diocese of Alabama. And that's a large collection of church records, papers of the bishops, um, as well as uh, papers of Episcopal families. We also hold the archives for two of Birmingham synagogues and a number of Presbyterian churches in Birmingham, and also papers of clergymen. Um, but then, you know, there are many collections that have material relating to religion. Obviously, family papers would be one example of that our photograph collections, our postcard collections, which include images of churches. Um, and, you know, there are also connections that, that aren't overt, but, for instance, our civil rights collections um, document the role of the African-American church in the civil rights movement in Birmingham. And, um, you know, I often tell students, you, you, you cannot understand the civil rights movement if you don't understand the black church mm -hmm. and if you don't understand Christianity. And um, so, you know, there are, I mean, 
we're in the South, so religion permeates almost everything, mm-hmm. and so there's a, there are a great many connections here. So of these documents that you have mentioned, how often are they used, and what are these researchers looking for mm-hmm. in these documents? Yeah, it, it varies, um, you know, with the church records, um, oftentimes it's uh, researchers working on family history and genealogy, so they're looking at marriage records, baptismal records, that sort of thing. Um, the Episcopal Church records are also used quite a bit looking at the role of the Episcopal Church in the Civil Rights Movement. And then there are also, within the Episcopal records, old parish registers that record baptisms, confirmations, and so forth that include enslaved people. And so those records are used uh, both to look at religion and slavery, but also, again, to look at African-American genealogy. And the, the civil rights collections are heavily used. And one area that interests many researchers or the police reports on the civil rights mass meetings that for about a decade, starting in the mid-50s, were held each week in different African-American churches. And so those reports not only document what was said and happened at those meetings, but which black churches were home to civil rights activity in Birmingham. I found it surprising how many documents at the Birmingham archives were related to religion whether it be obvious, such as church records, or less obvious, such as documents from mass meetings during the civil rights movement. I then moved on to ask Mr. Baggett about the relationship of a person's identity in their work. So do you think that a historian's identity plays a role in how they do their work? I do, actually, yeah. Um, No, I do think that any historian can bring value to any topic. Uh, I don't think you have to be a particular gender or orientation or race you know, to, to be able to legitimately study any subject. But I do think that your, your personal experiences um, do um, influence how you approach history. I mean, personally, I've studied um, white supremacists quite a bit. And I think that one thing that gives me, um, that strengthens my understanding of white supremacists is that that's the world I grew up in. You know, those are the kind of people I grew up around. And so I, while I don't agree with their beliefs, I certainly understand this world that they come out of. I've also noticed in recent years um, especially with younger students, uh, high school and college, um, more and more they're coming with little or no understanding of the church or Christianity when they're studying civil rights. And, you know, I tell students, you don't have to be a practicing Christian, but if you, for instance, um, when Martin Luther King marched in Birmingham and and, uh, was arrested in 1963, he deliberately marched on April 12th, which was Good Friday. And, you know, that's loaded with symbolism. And, you know, King was a trained theologian. He understood exactly the symbolism of what he was doing by sacrificing himself on Good Friday. Mm -hmm. And his followers understood 
the symbolic nature of what he was doing, and his opponents. I mean, Bull Connor also would have understood the symbolic power of sacrificing yourself on Good Friday. And then during that stay in jail, he wrote the first draft of the letter from Birmingham Jail, the same way that Paul wrote letters from jail. Um, and more and more, when I ask students that question, why Good Friday? Why didn't he march on Thursday or Saturday? One more find they can't answer that question, and you know it. Um, I don't see how you can understand Martin King without understanding theology in the Black Church, and so I'm you know I, I think there's uh, there's a hole there in in these young people's educations. As I said, you don't have to be a member of a church. Um, but I think you do need to understand the importance of theology and Christianity and Christian beliefs to the people who were involved in these movements in the same way you couldn't understand the abolitionist movement without understanding Christianity. I thought that Mr. Baggett made a really important point. Religion was very important to a lot of the people that are studied in history, and having an understanding of religion and faith can lead to a deeper understanding of historical events. His example of Martin Luther King Jr. and his arrest in Birmingham on Good Friday really resonated with me. That entire event is full of religious symbolism, and to ignore that would be ignoring half of the history. So how do you see your work or your role as an archivist? Um, in a variety of ways. I mean, one thing that I spend a lot of time doing is going out into the community, giving talks, um, meeting with, with organizations, meeting with individuals um, to raise awareness that this archives exist because an archives is, is an odd thing, you know, and, and most people, you don't just stumble across an archives. Mm -hmm. It's something that you discover when you have a need for it. And we're very fortunate here in Birmingham that we have one of the finest city archives in the nation. And many people don't know that. And they don't know it's open to the public. Mm -hmm. We're in a public library. Anyone who wants to can walk in and use these collections anytime we're open. So I see raising awareness, also raising awareness in different communities of the importance of everyone's history. Because people still sometimes assume that if your grandfather wasn't the mayor of the city or a great industrialist that your family's history doesn't matter. And so I spend a great deal of time talking about that to groups, uh, that every family's history matters, every community's history matters. And then, of course, there's just there's the role of, of assisting and encouraging research, and there's the role of collecting more material. We collect more material every year, preserving that material and and processing it so that it's available so the researchers can come here and use it. I really liked what Mr. Baggett said about everyone's history being important. I thought it was very relevant to the discussion of faith in history. When looking at historical events, the faith or religious aspects of the event are just as important as any other. After my conversation with Mr. Baggett, it became clear to me that the archives are there to preserve best they can everyone's history, because it is all important. I then shifted the conversation to asking questions about faith and history, and I asked Mr. Baggett if he thought the person's beliefs about history shape the way they view their faith and vice versa. Your 
your faith certainly, you know, informs how you interpret not only the present but also the past. Mm-hmm. And I think when you have a greater knowledge of history, you understand better the place of religion and human culture. You also understand the similarities of different religions, um, the precursors of our religions. I think it, it, um, you know, I think there's. Um, there's unquestioning faith, but then there's also informed faith. And I think if you are, if you understand history, you have an informed faith. I found what Mr. Baggett said about informed faith very interesting. Oftentimes, our discussions are centered around faith's effect on history. However, as Mr. Baggett points out, history can also affect faith. But I was still curious how a historian's faith, or lack thereof, can affect their research and writing on religion. Um, I think, you know, in my experience, some historians who are secular people, who are not people of faith, are sometimes dismissive of faith. or, or sometimes simply don't, as I was saying with King and, and you know, the Good Friday recipe, don't understand the, the importance of faith to the people that they're studying. And, um, and also, yeah, I, I could see where a historian um, who is very invested in their faith might, that might color their interpretations of the past and, and, um, and might um, cause them to overemphasize certain aspects of the past, certain events, certain motivations, and, and not fully appreciate perhaps the counter to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kind of like they're missing something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, either way, it, you can have a blind spot either way, whether you're a person of faith or you're a person not of, of not faith. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt that being aware of biases is very important when conducting scholarship and researching. I wanted to get Mr. Baggett's opinion on if he thought scholars should avoid certain types of scholarship because of their biases. When we're having conversations about faith, mm-hmm. um, do secular historians, non-believing historians, do they have a role in writing about faith? And then do historians have a, that do come from a faith mm-hmm. background have a role in writing about things that aren't faith? Like, can you approach mm-hmm. history through a lens of faith? Well, I think you can. And, and I think that's perfectly legitimate. Um, as long as you don't allow that to um, prejudice your your views and and your approach to history, you know, um, because we all bring beliefs and baggage and biases and things with us. So, and and I think that secular historians can, for one thing, there's no one historian who's going to definitively define, you know. Um, a historical event or a historical figure, you know, every historian who looks at a topic brings something different, a different perspective, a different outlook, a different interpretation. And so a secular historian may interpret Martin King, for instance, 
you know, in one way, um, a historian who's a person of faith may interpret King a different way. Um, and both of those interpretations may add to our understanding of King. So, um, as I said earlier, I don't, I don't think we should ever exclude anyone who wants to study a topic and try to learn and understand and offer their perspective. They may be wrong in their, in their conclusions, but I don't think that who you are or what you believe should ever preclude you from, mm -hmm. from approaching any historical topic. I thought that Mr. Baggett made some really good points about the lenses through which we approach history and the world. To finish up our conversation, I wanted to see how his beliefs affect him and his work. Do your personal beliefs shape your outlook on the world and the way that you approach people and your role as an archivist? I'm sure they do, and probably in ways I don't even know. Mm -hmm. um, I... What are my personal beliefs? Um, I, I, I think of myself as a very open person. Um, I work with a lot of different communities. Um, I, I work with people with whom I do not agree, you know, politically or socially. Um, but I think... To be an effective archivist, especially when you're doing something like Birmingham history, or, um, you you have to be sort of amoral in your work. Mm -hmm. You know, I've sat down at the table with civil rights activists, and I've sat down at the table with Klansmen, and I, I don't. I think in situations like that, I just have to put my personal beliefs aside because I'm, I feel like I'm working for a greater good, which is to preserve our history. Mm -hmm. I won't sit there and agree with the Klansman, but I'm also not going to pick a fight with him because there's no value in that in terms of acquiring from him information that we want to preserve. Mm -hmm. And so uh I really try not to let my beliefs influence how I do my work. I'm sure they do, mm -hmm. but I, 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 try to, uh, I try to avoid that as much as possible. Mm -hmm. I have a very strong belief in fairness and accuracy, and um, because a, my, a good bit of my work has been studying civil rights and white supremacists, um, that that's a difficult area sometimes because you know when you're studying a figure that you believe is on the wrong side of history but you still want to be fair and accurate that's not the same as trying to rehabilitate that figure but it's sometimes viewed that way by some people and you know, it can be difficult sometimes to be fair to someone who you really find despicable. But uh, I, I think it's I think it's vital that we do that, and you know, because you're not producing good history otherwise. And again, we're living in a time when you know our, our discourse is so poisoned that you know, I think that we have it's it's even more important as we write history. Uh, during this time, 
to be fair, to be balanced as much as you can as a human being. In our interview, Mr. Baggett describes himself as trying to be a very open person. And I truly believe that he approaches his role as an archivist in that way as well. He talked about how he sees himself as, and I quote, working toward a greater good. He told me how he believes that everyone's history is important. And in his role as an archivist, his goal seems to be to preserve all history as it is for the sake of preservation. This was very clear when he told me about interviewing members of the Ku Klux Klan as well as civil rights activists, all in an attempt to tell all sides of the story. Including all sides of the story is not only good scholarship, but is also good history, and it allows for a deeper understanding of historical events and figures. This applies to faith in history as well. In order to fully understand historical events and figures, we must also understand the faith that goes along with them. Our theme and background music was produced by Sanford student Carrie Joyner. Dr. Jim Baggett was interviewed by Bailey Sharp. Today's episode was produced by Bailey Sharp with introduction and credits by Michelle Little and Claire Davis. This is a Sanford Traditions and Oral History Recordings Initiative production. For more information on our program, you can find our page on the Sanford website or follow us on social media at Facebook and Instagram at Sanford underscore story and on Twitter at SU underscore story.